Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to Democracy-ish. I'm Torre. And I'm Danielle Moody. And I am confused. I am angry. I am upset. I am hurt. I am not shocked. Um, One of the officers who murdered Breonna Taylor has been indicted, but he was indicted for shooting wildly into her apartment. Not for murdering her, which, of course, happened because he shot wildly into her apartment. So this is why we say Black Lives Matter, because as we see in this situation, Black lives are not mattering in any way. Uh, Her her life will not, there will not be justice for her life, because he's going to be on trial uh, after he gets out on 15, 15, 15,000 dollars bail um he's gonna be on trial for shooting wildly not for killing somebody i have a different type of rage about brianna taylor and about these three officers who i just want to name jonathan maddenly uh Miles Cosgrove and Brett Hankinson. Brett Hankinson is the only one out of the three officers that um, broke into Breonna Taylor's home, shot her six times, killing her. Uh, Brett is the only one that is actually charged. But to your point, Torre, he is charged with wanton endangerment. Now, I had to, like everybody else who is not a lawyer, Google, what the fuck does that mean? Because it don't sound like homicide. Right? Doesn't even sound like manslaughter. There's all different so letters I, than than homicide. Right? So I so I looked up I looked it up and the good Google told me it is in Kentucky a class D felony. Um and let me tell you what else is a class D felony. Uh unauthorized use of a credit card is a class D felony. Um possession of a controlled substance is a class D felony. Stalking in the first degree is a class D felony. And do you know what a, what a class D felony, what, what, what the um, sentencing 
is the highest that it can go, which we know that white people don't get charged high with any fucking thing. Is it five years? It is five years. So let's be clear that the medical examiner constituted Brianna Brianna, uh, Taylor's death as a homicide, but the Kentucky grand jury did not charge Brett Hankinson with homicide. And you so could, basic, and, and in the law, they say you can indict a ham sandwich. You can correct. do anything at the grand jury level. So let's just be clear that this is a particular case where black lives really do not fucking matter because not only was he not charged with a homicide or manslaughter, he wasn't even charged with attacking her or her boyfriend Wanton endangerment was for everyone but Brianna Taylor and her boyfriend. It is for the fact that what if his aim was off and the bullet went into one of the neighbor's windows? That is wanton endangerment. What if he but, had what if he had killed a white person? We wouldn't be having this conversation if he killed a white person. Then, then so, that would have been really bad. But he only killed a black person. So we. So can- basically, wanted endangerment is essentially shooting into the air, the bullet falling wherever. And that means that you have endangered the lives of those people that are around. But this grand jury didn't even see fit to say that these three fucking men, these three fucking murderers endangered her particular life, took her life. They didn't even say her fucking name as the judge was giving, was reading out the charges. So when we say that black lives don't matter, this case proves like all other cases that it doesn't. But the fact that her name wasn't even mentioned, that he wasn't even charged with her murder, which the medical examiner blatantly said was, in fact, the cause of her fucking death, is where we are in America. And just to be clear, because I love to make the correlation, Marissa Alexander. Marissa Alexander, who shot into the, yes, who shot, yes, in, who yes, shot yes. into the, who shot into the ceiling as a warning, as a warning shot against her abusive husband and the judge threw her in jail for, I think, close to 30 years. It took years of activism and appeal to get her out. She couldn't even use the castle. This is my castle. I'm protecting my castle. Castle The castle doctrine. She couldn't use it because she was a black woman. So just again, but I won't even, I will let you start to talk about the Kentucky attorney general because it pains me to not say all of the names that come into my head that I want to call that motherfucker, we'll just leave it at motherfucker. I mean, you know, clearly he did not want to, the attorney general did not want to indict uh, Hankinson for murder because that didn't happen. And that would be very easy to do at the grand jury level. So, I mean, you know, once again, the system is working for the police, protecting the police, not protecting citizens, not here for citizens. And, you know, you, you, you feel traumatized. Mm-hmm. You feel 
alone. You feel like really not much has actually changed because after all this time, a black woman is killed while she's sleeping and no one is really responsible. You know, he's responsible for wildly shooting. He lost his job. The the Louisville Police Department coughed up $12 million, but no person is responsible for the ending of Breonna Taylor's life. You know, it's just, it's hurtful, it's tragic, it's, you know, and I think about all the time that, you know, I and millions of others spent chanting her name and and even socializing, social media-izing about justice for Breonna Taylor. All those tweets that would be like, oh, look, the sun is shining, you know, the trees are, and it's a good day to arrest the murderers of Breonna Taylor. And I love those tweets. And those people will, I mean, this man could do 15 years. We've seen this movie. We know he's not going to get 15 years. She'll never get justice. We'll never get justice. She'll, she'll never get justice. And not only that, but the wolf in sheep's clothing, Daniel Cameron, who is the black Republican attorney general of Kentucky, had it fit his mouth to call out celebrities and activists from outside of Kentucky saying, you don't know Kentucky, you don't live here, and they will seek to rile you up. And I'm confused because the civil rights movement, right? Martin Luther King didn't live in the fucking cities that he was going to, right? And so the idea that there's somehow these outside agitators are the problem and not the fact that black people never receive justice being the problem. The fact that they would rather spend millions of tax dollars to barricade streets, to shut down businesses, to outfit their police in the latest military gear because they knew justice wasn't going to come down, right? But he wants to fit his mouth to say, Oh, these outside agitators, don't let them distract you from the lives that we're living here in Kentucky. I'm just confused about how long we're all supposed to sit around quiet and docile and think about property before we think about personhood. I, I'm just I'm just wondering how long we're how long we're supposed to continue doing this dance with a white supremacist system. I don't know. I mean, the brilliance of what, you know. Patrice and Alicia and Opal came up with when they said Black Lives Matter continues to ring out in that so often in these situations we see Black Lives don't matter. And, you know, quite often the the issue is at the point of the police, right? Like George Floyd's murderer um, did not care for his life, right? The officer mm-hmm. did not care. But so often in these situations, we are traumatized also by the justice system. And look, do I think that Barry Hankinson and, the, and them were like, you know, fuck Breonna Taylor, let's kill her? No. But like, they acted insanely 
misused their power immensely. And the fucking justice system is standing up for them. And instead of saying, you have murdered somebody and we have to protect the citizens from people like you. I mean, like, the, you know, the, the right and the cops will argue like, well, we can't do our job if we're concerned about the. This is not doing your job. Wildly shooting is not doing your job. And we want you to not do that. We don't want you to wildly go and shoot up an apartment and several others. Um, it's it's extraordinary, just the miscarriage of justice and the lack of concern for life in this situation that we get from both the police and the justice system. And it's just, it's very, very difficult to watch. From the New Yorker staff writer Vincent Cunningham, a keenly observed novel of a young black man searching for his place in the world amidst a moment of historic change. Great Expectations is about David's 18 months working for the senator's presidential campaign. Along the way, David meets a myriad of people who raise a set of questions, questions of history, art, race, religion, and fatherhood that forced David to look at his own life anew and come to terms with his identity as a young black man and father in America. Inspired by the author's experiences working on Obama's 2008 presidential campaign, Cunningham uses a political campaign as his narrative backbone. Great Expectations will be one of the talked about novels of the year, Colin McCann. Great Expectations is available wherever books are sold. Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. This show is part of the Pro-Democracy Podcast Coalition. The midterms are coming and it's more important than ever that we protect and fix our elections. We all know that our government is broken. Politicians spend more time working for themselves, their big donors, and their political party instead of for us. We as Americans have had enough of the corruption, partisan bickering, and gridlock. Look, I get that all the nonsense makes you want to tune out, but I'm here to tell you there's reason for hope. Our political system is broken now, but we can fix it. That's why we've partnered with Represent Us, a nonpartisan grassroots organization that has helped notch more than 160 victories to improve our elections and give power back to the voters where it belongs. Right now, until November, there are many, many ways you can get involved. Represent Us is working in cities and states to pass good government policies like ranked choice voting. And they're also recruiting folks to help staff the polls. Let's protect our elections now and for generations to come. Visit represent.us slash pod to learn more. That's represent.us slash pod. It just, you know, this country just continues to break our hearts. 
like over and over and over again. And I know that like I say ad nauseum, like what are we fighting for? You know what I'm saying? Because I, I, I continue to ask myself this question as we make the 40 day or, you know, less than 40 day march to this election that we have a president that is saying, you know, I'm, I'm going to we're going to let the federal courts decide it before a, a vote, a ballot is even counted. Like, I just. I don't know, but days like today. As a black woman, as a black queer person in America, I'm just like. I've had it like I've just I, 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 I have had it waiting around for justice and have and watching these people be more concerned with property than they are our lives. You know, I thought about the other day as I'm looking at this case, I'm thinking they let Mike Brown lay in the fucking street in a pool of his own blood for fucking hours in Ferguson. Four hours for four fucking hours. Family, friends, people, just seeing him there, not cover. Like, it's it just like, how do you want us to react? But you want to talk, you want to talk about our reaction, right? Like, we're supposed to just, oh, you just take it, just swallow it. Fuck that. Um, yeah, no, the, the fact that Michael Brown lay in the street for four hours um, is definitely something that, traumatized a lot of people and for lack of a better word radicalized a lot of people into um, people in that community and people outside that community and making them say oh no no this 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 is too much and made people stay in the streets for 300 plus days you know like agitating protesting and you know and that being the really cradle of the modern black lives matter movement that just Having him, I mean, like people were standing around just watching this body lay there in the sun for hours. That is a critical moment in terms of making a lot of people say, no, 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 no. This is too much. This is too much. Because these sorts of killings happen far too often. Um, there are more names, more actual hashtags than any of us could ever actually remember. Um I was interested in something you you referenced there also. The, I mean, you use the word election as if we're going to have an election. I um, And I say that only half facetiously, but when you have Trump threatening or promising to appeal the election result to the Supreme Court before the election has even happened, so he's, I mean, like, what kind? He's 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 saying that it's rigged and it's cheating and it's wrong before it's even happened. I'm yeah. not sure what grounds that you know before the game has even begun, they were there cheating. Like, what? but it does create a sense of a deep sense of fear about where is this going and will this be decided. At the ballot box, or will some weird, I don't know, something, you know, will something strange happen? I don't know. I mean, let's just be clear that this election is 
going to be the most contested election that we've ever seen. Like people want to have flashbacks of 2000 and the hanging chads in Florida. And for folks that are too young to remember that, uh, Bush v. Gore, uh, which did end up going to the Supreme Court and was decided wrongly. Um, but you wonder, I often wonder about what would have happened if Gore had become president in 2000 and where we would be. Um, nonetheless, the fact that we have this sociopathic dictator that is telling us some 40 days before the election that basically democracy is a fraud. That's what he's saying, right? Because there is no, there, 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 there is no voter fraud. There is voter suppression. Right. But everybody will tell you that maybe in a year, in an election, maybe five people do something, right? Five out of the millions that vote. Right. So Donald Trump is a hammer looking for a nail in this situation, right? Looking in, and his own FBI came out this week and said, yeah, so this whole voter fraud thing, it ain't a fucking thing. Right. And now national security is all on alert like, this motherfucker may not leave. We've been saying that, that he wasn't leaving, right? They're, they're, the barricades that are around the White House right now are not to keep people, it's not to keep protesters out. It's because Donald Trump is barricading himself into the White House, and that's what people are not getting here. I mean, you know, look, he has already told 40% of the country the election is illegitimate. So if he should somehow lose, they will believe that the election was illegitimate and democracy is illegitimate and the next president is illegitimate. If he should somehow cheat and win, then 40 to 50% of the country will believe the election was... So either way, a significant portion of the country will say the election and ergo democracy are illegitimate. This is what Vladimir Putin wants. And I don't make this leap wantonly, um, to use the word of the day, uh, Putin has been helping Trump, not because he specifically cares about Trump, but because he wants to destabilize America, right, and and ruin uh, faith in our in our basic institutions, the democracy, so that Russia will be the lone superpower on the global stage, and 100%. Trump is aiding and abetting the destruction of america i mean like it, uh, again if it were a novel if it were a movie it would they be too it on out. the nose the guy who's saying make america great again is actually working to destroy america and right on cue he's almost there now we come to the election you know the supreme court you know, and part of what we what we need is a Democratic Party that will stand up and be as ruthless and as as rugged as is possible um, in terms of having the spine that is necessary for the fight to come. Um, if we need to add more Supreme Court justices. We need to do that. If we need to, but we can only do we can only do that if we win. 
Do you understand? We of can course, only do that course. if we win the Senate. Of course. Uh, you know, but like adding new states, like doing things that truly change America to reclaim some of the power that the GOP is wrongfully snatching. Um, you know, it's it's it, it's too much right now. And if we don't have a Democratic Party that is strong and tough and willing to stand up, what is the point of them at all? I genuinely have no idea. But here's the thing is that I don't think that the Democratic Party is going to save us. I think that we're all we got. And frankly, if election comes down November 3rd and for, you know, let's just say, let's let's pretend for a moment. Let's pretend Biden and Harris pole vault over all of the obstacles that are put in their way. Let's pretend that we're able to make it through the jungle of lawlessness that the Republican Party has put together. Let's say that we're able to do all of those things. And Donald Trump is like, this is illegitimate. I'm not leaving. You're going to have to like pull me out, you know, by my boot, like whatever it is. It's going to be the people, not the party that decide what is going to happen to this country. Much in the same way that it was the people, all of those white men aggrieved by the king for having to pay taxes that then said, fuck you, we're going to have a revolution. Like, this is what this is coming to. And it's also what Donald Trump, Bill Barr, all of them have wanted, right? It's what they have been chomping at the bit for. But it's not, this is not ending civilly is what I am saying. And I've been saying it. It's not ending civil. What does that mean? It means that there are armed people with their guns slinging, slinging across them in Kentucky right now in open carry state. In open carry states, there are white militia walking around with their AR-15s just waiting, just waiting. There are more guns that have been bought, more ammunition that has been bought this year than any other year. I am telling you that these people want war. They have a president that is egging them on. And he is saying, I am not going to subscribe to this thing called democracy. And if we think that the courts are then going to decide this fairly because we can trust them because Mitch McConnell is jamming through a new Supreme Court justice in 40 fucking days, but couldn't have a hearing on Merrick Garland in 353? Get the fuck out of here. If you think that people are just going to sit back and say, well, I guess we'll get them next time in another four years, it's not happening. And so what I'm saying is that people need to prepare themselves for the fact that I do not believe, and many people have said, this is not ending civilly. So with all of the lawyers that Biden has, he needs to also be sitting down with the former national security people, with the former Obama army people, with the former this, that, and the other thing, because it's not, it's not going to go the way that other elections have gone. And Donald Trump is telling us that on the South lawn of the White House. There's definitely a big part of me that's afraid about what's to come afraid about what's going to happen, how he's going to try to upend this election. You hope that Biden does things on election night that make it ridiculous. 
takes a red state, you know, like a Georgia or a Texas. Texas is not out of the question this time. It's a, always a Democratic dream, but not out of the question. Takes so much that it's like, damn, man, like he killed. I mean, like Bush v. Gore was close. Mm-hmm. If Biden is crushing him, it's like, come on, man. Like, it's not even close. Like, what are you talking about? Like, your argument doesn't even have legitimacy. You know, you're trying to get through the courts and all the judges are like, what are you talking about? Um, you know, you can't even produce any evidence of, but, you know, there's going to be a fight. I see it more legal than in the street. But to your point, you know, Trumpism doesn't end with the defeat of Donald Trump if that can happen. Um, it will, it will, it will live on. We will have to deal with it. We will have to worry about it. Um, it will endanger our lives for years to come. This cancer that is Donald Trump, that is Mitch McConnell, that is the modern Republican Party, will continue to eat away at modern America for years and years to come. And Fox News. And Rush Limbaugh are all part of this. You know, I mean, you see people who are like, we don't believe in COVID. You know, we don't believe that poor people deserve support and help. We don't believe that racism exists. You know, I mean, these beliefs are you believing in myths. We don't believe that climate change is real. This is your beliefs are standing in the way of progress. And it's not like... I mean, I'm talking about things. It's not like we have a difference of opinion. Like, you know, we can have a difference of opinion on whether or not certain things should happen the way that uh, money should be apportioned. We can have a difference of opinion on certain things. These are not, you're just not believing in reality. You're just not believing facts and the things that experts are saying. Uh, You're just not believing the real world. That's why I get upset when they say we're both in a bubble, we are not in a bubble. We exist in no. reality. They are in a bubble. And everybody who says both sides do it, both sides are equally bad, I you don't are know perpetuating what the, fuck the talking problem. About. Yeah. I, I honestly I don't I don't know what they're talking about when they say that. And frankly, I you know, from now on, I want to ask them, what are you talking about? Provide an example where both sides are telling you that science is not real. Right. Provide evidence where you're saying both sides don't believe that one community of people don't matter. Right. Like I, I just I, I'm just so confused. Like we I don't know when we got here, when we got to a place where where we debate facts. You had Kaylee that. Let me not say what I want to say. No, say I'm a it. Feminist. No, say it. I want to now I want to hear it. But you, you know, you have that dumb, dumb Barbie bitch with her binder that has absolutely. No, I don't know what she's searching for You're in there. About because now, who else would I be talking about? Because Kellyanne Conway went to go be with her family, right? So I'm talking about the other Barbie bitch with a binder, right? who, when asked about the latest coronavirus numbers, said, in response to a reporter, here are these numbers, said, we don't use those numbers. What fucking...
fucking numbers are you using then? Did you see the one where they said, where the reporter said, hey, uh, Mr. President, how come you haven't said anything about America passing the 200,000 dead mark? And he said, next question. Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from Mac Blue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. You know, I, I, I had I had on uh, Woke AF the other day a friend who is a former Republican, and he said, you know, the Republican Party has become the party of death, right? Nothing that they stand for is about life. Denying climate change, right? That's about death, right? Denying the fact that 200,000 Americans have died, right? Just looking the other way. And I tweeted this the other day, and I said, just... Wrap your mind around the fact that white evangelicals have made a man that has five kids by three different women has killed 200,000 Americans, is up on rape allegations by 25 plus women, their savior. But the black man that wanted to give them health care was the devil. That's where we are. Where the fuck are we going here? You you have no words. No, I mean you know we, we we when you call when you call them a death cult, I call them uh, a cancer on modern America. Yes. Um. You know it, it, the problem is not both parties. The Democratic Party is not perfect, but the problem is not both parties. We have an asymmetrical problem, and this is what Norm Ornstein and Tom Mann talk about. In it's even worse than it looks. We have an asymmetrical mm. problem. The GOP has gone off the ideological deep end, as well as off the let's call it the performative or the behavioral deep end. Right? I mean, they just mm-hmm. they just they just act as elected officials in different ways than uh, we have seen historically in what the the left and the Dems are doing. But just off the ideological deep end, and there's a whole ecosystem of what voters believe which comes from the insanity of right-wing media which is fed to the elected officials and they all rinse and repeat and they sort of keep rolling 
down the hill, fueling each other in conspiracy theories and lies and bubble think and just this hatred and misinformation. And not even sure what they're really about. If I look back on the geo and on the Democratic Party of the past, let's say, 10 years, mm-hmm. between Obama and what Nancy Pelosi led in 2018, they're consistently about health care. We mm-hmm. want to change health care to make it available to the vast majority of Americans because the poorest Americans have not been able to access it. How can we get that to happen? That's what they've been. That is the core. The first thing Obama did when he became president, save the country from economic collapse. And once we were out of that, use all his political capital to enact Obamacare, right? When Nancy Pelosi is struggling at the, like, what do we, we promise health care. And that's how we get the gavel back. What is the GOP about? They don't seem to have any affective desire. They are a party of defense. They are a party of denial. Racism doesn't exist. Climate change doesn't exist. Uh, you know, immigrants are horrible people and need to be kept out. They they don't. What do you want? Mm. You know, we, we they. I mean, and I understand that a core desire of the GOP is to strike down Roe v. Wade. Mm-hmm. But that's not really giving. That's again taking away. So you're still fighting a a battle that's almost fifty years old and trying to take back something. What are you for? What do you want to do with the country? You know, you have two of. Really, you have. Uh, you know, you have the presidency, you have the the Senate, and you have the Supreme Court. What do you want to do? What is your vision to make the country better? They have none. There's nothing. They have none. There, there, I mean, literally, there isn't any. And that's so – you put it in such good terms, Torre, because they don't want anything. And they don't want to provide anything. All they want to do is take away. What they want is just domination, right? It's just the desire. Power for power's do- sake. It's just power for power's sake and for white men to re- be returned back to what they believe is their rightful place at the top of the pyramid, at the top of the heap, that they are undisputed, unchallenged, unfettered power. And that is it. And everyone else is subject to that. That's the only thing that they want. That's the only thing that they want. Because when you look at everything else, what has Mitch McConnell, other than justices, what has he produced while being head of the Senate? What has he produced? What, po- what, what, what act, what piece of policy has he put together? Has he, uh, that, I, I wonder if you were to even do a search, what pieces has he ever put? Up, that has Mitch McConnell's name that his office is going around looking for co-signers no, for. No, he just stops things. He doesn't do anything. He doesn't, they don't, and so that's it. It's they don't create anything. They just stop. They halt and they take away. They don't create a fucking thing. So when people are asked the very simple question, is your life better now than it was four years ago? Is it better now, Right. What unless you are Jeff Bezos, who is now worth two hundred billion dollars, no one else's life is better. No one. 
You're struggling to pay your rent or your mortgage because you may be one of the 30 million people that have lost their jobs. You're trying to figure out how to do work if you still have a job and teach your kids at home because it's not safe to send your kids to school. Because this president, this administration, and this party came up with no plan to deal seven months into a global pandemic, how to, how to, how to get it under control. But what the first act that they want to do once they install their stone, another stolen person into a stolen seat on the Supreme Court is take away your health care in the midst of a health pandemic. What the fuck? And 40% of the population is with them. Unflinchingly. But they are, they, they are living in a bubble and seeing an entirely different world and not understanding what's really going on. Um, I saw a really interesting piece of video. I believe it was Elizabeth Gilbert um, talking to uh, Mayor Buttigieg and saying, and she was saying that white women are unconsciously making a deal with the devil, like early in their lives and understanding that you will have a certain amount of power uh, as long as you don't challenge certain things, right? So the whiteness gives you a certain amount of power, you know, and obviously, you know, the, 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 the gender does not necessarily convey power. As long as you follow this stricture, you're good. Um, and I hadn't seen a white person explain it like that or acknowledge it like that in in a long time it just reminded me of just yes as ta-nehisi coates talked about in so many ways whiteness is inherently about power and maintaining power and that ultimately is quite often all it is about i you know and and that's the thing and that's the reality that white people don't unpack. Um, that's the reality that the Republican party is trying to keep from them. Right. We understand, you know, how important education is. And I've been having this conversation with historians in particular about how, why we're in this place is because we devalue history and civics in this country. Mm. We keep saying like, Oh, you're deemed to repeat things, but if you never learned them in the first place, then this is all fucking new. Do you know that there are kids right now who have no idea about the Holocaust because they're not being taught it in schools? Like, you know, it, it is, it's amazing what they have done to protect white supremacy, right? To, pro- to, to protect it and to own it. And, you know, I consistently say that white women are complicit and they always get off the hook. Black women are charged with literally everything. Something goes wrong in the black community. It's you got to come after the black woman. Meanwhile, these women are producing fucking monsters. And they're never held accountable for it. They are producing and raising the Kavanaugh's, the McConnell's and the Trump's of the world. Mm. And they're never held accountable for it. Mm. So I appreciate uh, Elizabeth Gilbert, you know, speaking the truth because that's what it is. They have placed themselves to the proximity of power and they will stay silent and perpetuate violence on that behalf so that they're able to use the currency of their whiteness. 
the currency of their whiteness. It's a very nice phrase. It's a very nice phrase, and it, it and it's it really captures that whiteness is an almost tangible monetary value, and blackness is not. And the proximity to whiteness, which we can manifest in various ways, gets you a little bit more value or a little bit less value if you can't manifest that. Mm-hmm. Here look at are. look at look at Daniel Cameron in Kentucky, black Republican attorney general. He believes, I mean, he spoke at the Republican National Convention. He was one of those blacks that spoke at the Republican National Convention that he believes that his proximity to whiteness, right, gives him the power that he so desperately wants. I'm not like those other blacks, you know, the ones that believe in justice and equality, right? As long as, as long as the president's, as long as my name is on the president's lips, that means that somehow I am powerful and I am mighty and I will do as, you know, what did, what did, what did the other one say? The other, the other black Republican, Vernon, talking about, uh, talking about the plantation that we're all on, right? Because we want equality and justice. Oh, Donald Trump has done the most the fuck is Donald Trump done but pat you on the head and said, good boy, the fuck out of here. <sighs> I'm running out of patience. I'm running out of patience. I'm running out of spirit. I have a fight, but I'm wondering, are there people in Washington on our side who are willing to bring the fight, who are willing to rise to the occasion and to say, you know, now is the time for perhaps innovative changes to America, which are not power grabs. They are meant to save America from the modern monster that is the GOP. Because the only thing that will stop the GOP is losing. And when they lose several elections and they're out of power, then they will have to change, right? That's the only thing that will motivate uh, elected officials, right, and party officials is losing, right? Then they will say, we need to do this differently because we need to get some W's because without W's, we have nothing, right? So I want to see some spine. I want to see some court packing. I want to see some new states. I want to see some power manifested by the Democratic Party. And if that's not the Democratic Party that you're willing or able to be part of as far as a D.C. elected official, then get the fuck out of the way. Get the fuck out of the way. Because I'm telling you, ain't nobody got time for people that are sitting around, that are middle of the roading, that are sitting on the fence, that are referring to the gentlewoman across the aisle. Oh, we may have a difference of opinion, blah, blah. No, we don't have a difference. That is a fucking cult. We need to start treating them like the lawless fucking cult that they are and activate accordingly, right? That's it. So if, if, if by the grace of God, right? And by the, by the kindness of the universe, we are able to surmount all of the bullshit and actually win and let's say sweep. If we do not do exactly what they did, but in reverse, in stacking the courts and in instituting all of these things and making them ironclad, then Democrats don't deserve power. Right. They don't. Right. Because essentially America is founded on a handshake. The Constitution for Republicans was a fucking suggestion, right? That they are like, nah, I'm good. (laughs) 
I'm good. You can take it. Um. Yeah. Mm. God, this country's a mess. Thank you for listening <laughs> to Democracy Ish Abtore. And I'm Danielle Moody. And we'll be back next week. I don't even want to say if there's still a country because in some ways I'm like, Ugh. That we we brought this on ourselves it's by starting un- this a year, by starting that saying a year ago, and now we're like, "Fuck!" It's unraveling right before our eyes. But if there's still a country, we'll, we'll be, be back, back next week. Pray about it deeply. <laughs> <laughs>